For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Royal Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans, by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stands. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. What up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Sacramento Kings defeat the San Antonio Spurs tonight, 115-112. The Black Falcon leads, leads all Kings scores with 27 points. And the Spurs have Lonnie Walker score 30 points off the bench, but the Kings are able to weather the storm. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to smash that like button down below. And if you would like to join the Royal Family with Calvin and I, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Yes, thanks, Mike, for calling us out on Peja. We, uh, what can I say? Kings haven't won much lately, right? Yeah, let's flip, them all. let's flip them all around flip here. If you're listening via your favorite podcast platform, we would appreciate a five-star rating. And if you would like to be a part of the show, you can always find us live after every single game on YouTube. We'll be right back with your Sacramento Kings nightcap. We're here. We're drinking beers, and we're talking about your Sacramento Kings. Mm, that's delicious. Welcome back, everybody. Shout out to everyone in the chat. I see Sean, Sass, Fred, Mike. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Gothen, welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We are not drinking any flat beers tonight. Uh, we had a friend. Shout out to Katie from Waikiki Brewing Company for dropping us off a ton of different beers. Uh, Calvin, are you diving into that 12 percenter? I am. This is uh, striking a chord with me. This is a Michigan beer. It's a special release beer from Founders Brewing Company called KBS. Stands for Kentucky Breakfast Stout. People go crazy for this in the Midwest. So thanks, Katie. Yeah. Shout out. Thank you, Katie. I'm drinking a light beer right now, but I might be switching to a stout afterwards. We'll see how this show goes. What's up, Jim? How are you? Oh, man, Calvin, we got another victory. It just sounds so good. I know I was so pessimistic in the last podcast last night. I'm like, the season's over. It's over. The season's not over. Not quite yet. We still have quite a few games to go through, but the Kings officially tie the San Antonio Spurs in the win column at 24. Yeah, you're either really happy because you got to see a Kings win or you're really pissed because the Kings <laughs> draft pick isn't as good today anymore. Yeah, or yeah. chances of a good draft pick, I guess. I the Kings almost led this entire game until late in the fourth quarter where the Spurs were able to take a small lead. Uh, the Kings were able to fight back and retain or re, uh, rehab the lead there. And 
they didn't look back. I know there was some uh, theatrical stuff happening towards the end of the game, a bunch of three-pointers, uh, but the Kings were able to weather the storm. And, hey, it feels good to get another win, Calvin. It Oh, it's got to feel really good, especially if you're these players. Um, yeah, the, the execution down the stretch was – Honestly, it was better on the defensive end for the Kings than it was on the offensive end. There was a, a really key play there at the end. I felt like um, De'Aaron Fox, it's kind of a broken play at the end of the shot clock. De'Aaron Fox ends up taking a step back three while Dante DiVincenzo is wide open. Mm -hmm. I realize neither of them are have been shooting it that well, but I'll take a wide open three over a De'Aaron Fox contested step back three any day. He misses that shot. DiVincenzo ends up getting the offensive rebound, though. Gives it to Harrison Barnes for a layup. Uh, I felt like that was a really key moment there for the Kings as this, the the game was beginning to end there. Yeah, same. And San Antonio was hot at that point too. They had just taken their first lead and and finally clawed their way back. So that was a really big offensive rebound. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, it was. The Kings roll out the same starting lineup they've had for the past three games, making them now two and one with this lineup of Trey Lyles. We didn't get to see Mo Harkless play again tonight, which is uh, a little weird, um, but it seems to be pretty consistent now that if Mo Harkless is not starting, he is not getting any minutes in the game. <laughs> yeah, he's an all or nothing kind of guy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm not really sure. But the Kings have had a few of those players this season. I mean, Chemezi Metu, I feel like, falls into that category. Yep. Um, Tristan Thompson or Alex Lenz sometimes. You know, and Damian Jones was big for Sacramento off the bench today. Big, yeah, big. we got to see a bunch of bench guys play some pretty significant minutes in this game. Damian Jones, 20 minutes for him, 24 minutes for Davion Mitchell, and 29 minutes for Dante DiVincenzo. I thought they all played great tonight. They did. I was really, really happy with the defensive effort in this game. It, again, you know, it wasn't perfect um, throughout the course of the entire game, but it, they came out uh, and played the right way uh, and gave themselves a chance to win. And then when they they were on fire there to start that third quarter, mm -hmm. finally cooled off a ton. And when the uh, shots started to not fall and San Antonio slowly makes their way back, you're thinking, oh, man, this team <laughs> – here we go prime again. <laughs> for another huge letdown, but give them a lot of credit. They they stuck with it uh, and clawed their way to a victory. Yeah, and the Kings were very aggressive. One of the only positives that I took out of last night's game was the Kings were able to get to the free throw line. They doubled up uh, the Pelicans in free throw attempts. They did the same thing tonight with the Spurs. Yeah. 14 huge free throws for Harrison Barnes tonight. I love when the Kings are aggressive. I love when they're getting to the basket. I love when they're making the refs make calls and they're not just taking uh, you know early threes or just contested jumpers. Yeah, Harrison really uh, made up for some very, very unfortunate turnovers there at the end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter when San Antonio went on that big run. But he stepped up and knocked down a bunch of free throws late uh, and delivered there yeah. at the end. And De'Aaron Fox, zero turnovers tonight. 
which I'm still amazed by because in the second half he was throwing some really wild passes yeah. in there. I felt like he was actually forcing the pass too much because of how much <clears throat> success he had in the first half. Uh he was rolling balls on the ground. It was getting a little bit out of control there, but somehow didn't turn it over. I, I really don't know how that, that happened. Almost another double-double for De'Aaron Fox tonight. He actually made a couple three-pointers in this game, 40% from the three-point line. But, Calvin, let's dive here into the box score. Well, as you mentioned, a huge, huge offensive night for both De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes. Fox with 26 points, nine assists, six rebounds zero turnovers also had three blocks and a steal in 39 minutes and again 50 percent from the field shooting harrison barnes with 27 points 11 of 14 at the foul line and five rebounds uh, sabonis another near triple double very very routine numbers for him at this point 12 points 12 rebounds six assists and justin holiday even though he didn't shoot well at all still ends up with 12 points uh, and then the bench w was much more productive tonight. Davion Mitchell, eight points. Damian Jones with uh, 10. And DiVincenzo with 11 to uh, to total it up there. Oh, thanks, Vinny. Sorry. So that's one of Vinny's, uh, like, crowning achievements, right, is that he sets up this stage perfectly for us every time. So yeah. I dropped the ball on that one. Sorry, Vinny. No, that's okay. Another Vinny squash sighting, which is always exciting here. I'd like to see some more of these Kings guys get some rebounds. I know we saw Harrison Barnes earlier in the season, you know, rebounding a little bit better. Uh, 12 rebounds tonight for Sabonis. I'd like to see another double-digit rebounder on this Kings squad. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Damian Jones is the only guy close with seven. And then after that, you have uh, Dante DiVincenzo with six rebounds. We raved about yeah. how good of a rebounder this guy is. But I think that's a need that the Kings have going into this offseason. And it's tough when you play with a black hole like Sabonis. And I'm not saying that in a negative sense. I'm just saying the fact that, like, this guy is such a rebound hog that when it's coming off the rim, he's usually right there. He's heavily involved. But I'd like to see the Kings do a little bit better job rebounding. Um, I was actually really happy with the rebounding tonight. I mean, they, they out-rebounded San Antonio by 10, 49-39 as a team. As I mentioned, and you mentioned, DiVincenzo, Harrison Barnes, those are guys who are fantastic rebounders for their size. Uh, and the beauty of having Sabonis on this team, not just the fact that he's a great rebounder, but the rake and take, as they call it, or the grab and go, where he's able to get a rebound and then immediately start the transition or the fast break or the early offense the other direction allows these guys to get out and run a little bit more. So I think you know, 50 rebounds as a team just about – you out rebound your opponent by ten. Um, I, I'm pretty I'm, happy. I'm with being it a little overall. nitpicky here. I know yeah. it's a win. I'm just looking to things to build off of for for you know the re rest of the season and, and next season as well. I didn't take a lot of notes in this game, Calvin. I, I was afraid. You know, I, I was watching <laughs> the game early on. I'm like, okay, the Kings are playing well. They start out really hot in this game. I'm like, okay, here we go again. They're playing with my emotions. Again, why couldn't have they just won last night or lost tonight? Yeah. They, they, I'm tired of this win one, lose one, win one, lose two or three. But it's okay. It's a win. I'll take it. And the, the way this game ended, too, I mean, it's yeah. just coming every possession. DeJounte Murray hits that three to, to get him with one or uh, to pull within two with like one or two seconds left. And you're like, how unlucky is this team? Are they really going to yeah. find a way to lose this game? Yeah, what's up, T? 
we are we are also happy the Kings won this game. Uh, anything that really jumped out to you in the team stats tonight, Calvin? I know the Kings didn't shoot well again from three-point range, only 31%. As I mentioned, they doubled up the Spurs uh, with free throw attempts, 16 total for San Antonio, 32 for Sacramento. And then, as you mentioned, they out-rebounded the other team. Anything else that really stuck out to you here? Well, it's just impressive that the Kings won this game when you look at the team stats because normally you'd look at this, I mean, 64 paints, 64 points in the paint for San Antonio to just 46 for the Kings. The three-point shooting, as you alluded to, uh, normally when the Kings have games like that, they don't do too well. And they I turn mean, the ball we, over 15 we, and times. And they turn the ball <laughs> over a lot in the second half, too. We've uh, you know seen a ton of games this season where the Kings – shot really well, uh, got points in the paint, and they still lost because their defense wasn't good enough. So, you know, again, give them credit that in a tight game there when they lost the lead at the end, coming off of a really, really rough second-half performance against the Pelicans, that they, they made enough plays to get this one done. Yeah, you know, the Kings pretty much dominated this game. I know it doesn't reflect it in the, in the score here, the final score. The Kings only win by three. They were up by 19 at one point in this game. And I, I got to think that if Lonnie Walker didn't shoot as well as he did tonight, the Spurs would have been blown out in this game. This guy almost yeah. set a new career high. He's one away from a career high. And I like and Lonnie he had Walker 22 a lot. Too at halftime. I yeah. Mean, the fact that he didn't. Yeah, the guy couldn't miss in the first half. And I, I actually do like Lonnie Walker a lot. I think he's a great player. But the Kings continue to have this other guy that gets buckets against them. It, it seems to be a constant trend with this team that, you know, either the star player is playing out of his mind or the others or one or two of these other guys seem to have a career night. And that's almost what Lonnie Walker had tonight. But, you know, you look at this Spurs team, it's still – a Greg Popovich run team. They don't turn the ball over very much. Yep. You know, they they do the things that they need to win games. Generally, great schematics, stuff like that. I was a little surprised they only shot 50% from the free throw line. I thought that that had a big impact on the Spurs. I know, you know, the Kings were up by 19 at one point, but if the Spurs had converted on a few more of those free throws, th this game could have gone to overtime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you do really love Lonnie Walker. I really expected you to come into this show just hot about what your plan is to get Lonnie Walker on the Kings for next season. <laughs> hey, we might talk about that in the next <laughs> section, Calvin, but we're talking about the game right now. You want to dive here into your uh, what your keys for the game were? And real quick, we got a bunch of people watching right now. I just want to give a shout-out to all you guys, every Kings fan that's here watching. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support the team. It's it's tough, you know, like you're losing games constantly. This is going to be, what, 16 years uh, setting the record for most consecutive seasons, not making the playoffs, and we're all still here rooting for our team. So thank you guys so much. Uh, I, I feel very similar in the fact that, you know, it's painful watching these games. It's even more painful getting up here and talking about it for an hour after you lose a game. But we're all Kings fans. We all want the same thing, and we're all sticking together. So make sure you guys hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and uh, go Kings. Well said. Uh, my keys to the game tonight, number one was guard the three. Uh, you know, everybody not named Lonnie Walker. I think that was a success. <laughs> but, it, you know, a lot of those shots were contested. He he just hit he hit nearly everything. It was kind of – not kind of. It was very impressive. Uh, number two was talk on D. I, again, I, I liked the defensive effort from the Kings tonight. I thought that they did a really good job on DeJounte Murray. 
um, kind of building a wall there. Uh, the Spurs did have a ton of paint points in the end, but they made stuff difficult for him. And he, you never really got the feeling like he took over or dominated this game. And he has done that a lot this season in his first all-star year in the NBA. And then uh, number three was find a way to play a complete game. You know, we wanted to see that the Kings be able to have a sustained effort for 48 minutes as opposed to 24 minutes. Not like last night. Yeah. And there was maybe, you know, a, a five to eight minute period where the, the Kings really were, did not look good um, as the Spurs made that great comeback. But overall, I think it was a success. They were able to close out this game uh, yep. and not have the disastrous turnaround like they did last night. And it's really surprising because I don't know how many of you guys watched the pregame show, but they were talking about how the Kings plane got delayed. They got yeah, stuck they were for really like driving that four. point home. I yeah. think because they expected this game to be a blowout. They're like they were there for four <laughs> hours, and then they had to turn around and get back on the plane. It was one o'clock in the morning. And the Kings still weren't boarded, and yeah. blah blah blah, and all this. They asked Alvin Gentry, and he's like, "Well, that just means that you know we're going to have shorter uh, rotation, or sorry, shorter." Uh, his answer was great. Minute spans for people, so. They're not going to play the same consecutive minutes yeah. that they normally would. Maybe they need to do that more often because the Kings win tonight. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Charlie says, I'd like to see Sabonis a little more aggressive at the rim because he's getting defenders out of position and he's looking to pass and dudes aren't giving him an outlet or cutting to the basket. I agree with that. I also think that Sabonis, I, I've seen him dribble himself into a really bad spot. Uh, a, a lot in the like mostly in the past couple of games he gets stuck a lot of times right underneath the basket so yeah you you can say that people aren't cutting for him but that's that's a horrible place to get caught with the ball uh without your dribble anymore so i agree you know i want him to be more aggressive too i i wish he would get to the free throw line a little bit more not all of that is on his shoulders you know sometimes he's got to get calls and then he's played in foul trouble a lot the past few games also. Yeah. So that limits how aggressive he can be both offensively and defensively, too. Yeah, and honestly, I, I see Derek here. Sabonis looked tired tonight. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was tired. Dealing with yeah. all that, playing on a back-to-back -back in a different city. Uh, I know last night probably took a lot out of these players, uh, just emotionally, physically, mentally. You know, that was a really, really tough game to lose, especially after starting out so hot. And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they they forget that these big guys are really beat up every single night, like down inside. Like it's a whole nother position to play when you're playing inside in the NBA. You have guys that are 200, 250, 300 pounds bumping into you, landing into you, elbowing you. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys have read Shaq's book, but. Shaq had literally a traveling masseuse that would massage him every single day because he was getting beat up. He'd have bruises all over his body after every single game. It's no joke playing in the paint, Cal. No, especially with guys that are that size and, you know, have elbows the size of uh, trucks. <laughs> like I would never want to get caught with one of those. Jeff the lefty, I heard James Ham say that the Kings should build around the big two on this team. However, I believe we have the big three, including HB. I love Harrison Barnes. You know, we've praised him all year long, and he is, as we said before, a really vital point, part, vital part of this team. Um, 
can he be a, like a third star or you know the the third uh can he play to this type of level for an entire season you know a guy that's going to be in the 20s low 20s points per game shoot very very well very efficient um he's been consistent but hasn't always you know given him these types of numbers i, I would love to see the kings hang on to him I, but if you're going to make a move that that brings you another star to this team and it involves Harrison Barnes. I don't know. I, I'm still going to have to think about it, I guess. Yeah, I like HB. I, I love it when HB is this aggressive. I think he's a constant professional. I think he's a great guy to have in the locker room. The only thing that I have against Harrison Barnes is he's a little bit older than, than this group of core players. So maybe his window doesn't line up with this core's uh, window. I don't know if that's true or not, but that that's the only negative that I have about uh, well, Harrison Well, a lot of, will depend on this offseason, you know? I mean, if yep. they're able to, to somehow keep Harrison Barnes and add another, you know, really talented borderline-ish star on this team, that accelerates this this team's window, you know? They move yep. closer to the to a win-now type situation. So we'll see how, how it all unfolds. And on that point, if the Kings do decide that they want to grab another all-star or something, they're probably going to have to give up Harrison Barnes and a pick both talent wise and salary cap wise as well. Yeah, may, yep. maybe. I don't know. They're, they still have Rashawn Holmes and a couple other guys. So we'll, we'll have to see. What's up, Goffin? Jahan says, evening guys. This just in. Kings still suck. Makes me so mad. <laughs> I was I was on that one last night, JN, but I'm uh, I'm trying to take these one game at a time. I'm not getting too high. I'm not getting too low. But the Kings won tonight. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, so I, I'm enjoying it. I mean, 24 wins on the season. Uh, Got to take them when we can. Right? There's not a lot of wins happening. But yeah. I was feeling so hot off of the summer league championship. I'm like, we're the champions. Yes, <laughs> we're going to make the playoffs this season. Oh. I've spoken like a true Kings fan. I was yep. feeling so hot off the Summer League Championship. <laughs> we even took photos with it <laughs> when we were at FanFest. Yeah, I mean, uh, just another thing to do there, I guess. Yeah. I want to know how many of you are going to be going to the Farewell Arco event on March 19th. Let me know in the chat because Calvin and I are, are trying to go to that as well. So I, I'd really like to see uh, how many of you plan on going. And JN, we're going to be in Sacramento on the 18th, possibly the 19th as well, uh, for the King Celtics game. So you have another chance to say hi to us. I work in downtown, but I had to put my dog down the night. Oh, man. Oh, oh no, down for the night, I think, to sleep. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hope that's what you mean. Where do you work in downtown? Let us know. We'd be happy to come, come see you. Oh, man, Calvin. I got to ask you, King of the Night, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. I mean, Harrison Barnes was big down the stretch with free throws, and, and he had a, a really good offensive game. But I, I felt like De'Aaron was largely in part the reason why the Kings built a big lead early on in this game. He was really, really, really good and really efficient right away. I mean, it almost looked too easy for him. He, he looked like he was just walking through mm -hmm. the motions. Uh, taking exactly what the defense gave him. He was facilitating and getting guys involved very early on. And like I said, I, I liked his defensive uh, effort on DeJounte Murray overall tonight as well. So I, I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox. Was it the turnovers? Did that have anything to do with it for you? For Harrison Barnes? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I, he had some pretty costly ones there in the third quarter. Uh, overall, I, th- I think he played a, a really, really great game. But I, I'm just going to defer to De'Aaron Fox here just because he got himself going offensively, both creating shots for himself and for others. You know, Harrison Barnes, he, he can create shots for others, but that's not what he's out there to do on this team. He's out there to hit yep. threes, get to the basket, get to the free throw line, create for himself. Uh, De'Aaron did a really good job of, of getting everybody involved. Yeah, great game for De'Aaron Fox. He just continues to get better and better this season as as the games go on. It might be a little bit too late, but uh, I, I, I like seeing I still him. think he set, I know he hit a, a couple threes tonight. I, I think he settled for some threes late in the game that I didn't like. I would have much rather him try to get back to the basket or, or to the foul line instead. Um, but that's pretty much the only complaint that I would have with him tonight. Yeah. Jason, welcome to the channel. Make sure you hit that like button and subscribe to the channel if you are a Kings fan. Uh, We do live in Hawaii. We live in Maui. And uh, I moved here about 12 years ago after I finished college. I was born and raised in Sacramento and in Davis. Calvin and I grew up together in Davis, and he moved out here a few years ago. Uh, What is it, four years now for you? It is almost four years now. Wow, congratulations. Thanks. It's wild. Hawaii is an amazing place, and we actually live across the street from... uh, Kanapali Beach, where Vivek Ranadive has a condo. So I run into him sometimes, and I also see a lot of cool NBA players here as well. But we try and make it back to Sacramento whenever we can. Uh, we went to a couple games last month. We went to the Fan Fest, and we will be there again in a couple weeks. So hopefully we'll get to meet you, Jason. So, Calvin, we got to take a, a look. I guess, was this our second look at Devin Vassell this season? Um, I know you were huge on him in the draft. I want to know what you saw from him tonight, what you like, what you dislike. Did the Kings make the right decision? Uh, and, and how do you feel as far as this guy's NBA future now that you've seen him a few times? Well, first of all, the Kings didn't have an opportunity to draft him because he was taken, I think, a, right in front of mm-hmm. Tyrese. He was the 11th pick. Um, I, I still like him. I think that he's in a great situation in San Antonio. You know, he's a, a 3 and D player. And, uh, you know, his development maybe isn't quite as fast as some people thought it would be. I mean, some people had him in the top like six or seven on their draft boards going into that draft. He's probably not or at least not yet that good of a player. But like I said, I think it's a really good situation for him to be in in San Antonio. And um, he's a a very stereotypical or stereotypical is not the right word, but uh, a He's the type of player that NBA teams want right now. Long, uh, athletic wing defender who can shoot from the outside. Uh, he fits on, you know, every team in the NBA for those reasons. Yeah. And, you know, to put things into perspective here, if, if you were to think of one of the best two-way players in the NBA, you'd probably think of a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who was actually uh, on the Spurs. He was drafted by the Pacers, involved in that draft day trade for George Hill. Yep. He only averaged like 7.9 points per game his first season. It took him five seasons before he averaged 20 points a game. So development takes time, even if you're touted as an NBA-ready 3 and D guy. Anybody else you want to shout out on this Spurs team? Uh, no, I mean, nobody really outside of uh, – wow, DeJounte Murray still ends up with 29 points and 12 rebounds. Man, the rebounds is crazy. crazy. He, but he's had such a good year. And, and, yeah, I mean, Lonnie Walker, like the, you take those two guys away, the 
Kings win this game by 30. I, I mean, it's that, – that's, that's all they had tonight. Yeah. How are you feeling about Zach Collins? I know he's been dealing with a ton of injuries. This is a guy that was actually drafted by Sacramento with the yeah. 10th pick, traded to Portland. I think we ended up with, like, Harry Giles and maybe Scal, somebody like that. He's dealt with injuries. Um, I think they took a waiver on him bringing him to San Antonio – is this guy done? Like, what's going on with him? Because I'm not seeing the same guy it, that I saw in Portland. seems like that. I mean, I, you know, you have to obviously let more a little more time play out. But it, he's, like you said, had to deal with a ton of injuries, has really struggled to stay on the court. And then, uh, you know, he just hasn't quite panned out the way people would have expected to. I, I kind of see his career being, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more of the same like I, not that he'll be continue to be hurt but i, I don't, i'm not sure that i see him becoming like a a major star in this league anymore i think that that ship might have sailed that's a bummer that really is alex said what you guys willing to give up for levine a legit athletic two one combo to pair with fox that can hit the three i know it's a long shot and our d wouldn't improve but we'd be a high powered offense Sure would. I mean, I think it's going to take an awful lot to get him. So I don't. I'm not really sure. He's a free agent, right? Uh, I don't believe so. Or is is he restricted? He's definitely not restricted because he's not on the rookie deal. For me, it's it's why would Zach Levine want to come to Sacramento? Because ultimately, I think the the decision is going to be into his hands. He's been in hell, basically, in, in Chicago for the past few years. He's finally getting better. The team is doing better. Why would he want to ruin all that and come to a team like Sacramento? I, I just – I would like him to be on the Kings. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't see why he would choose to come to Sacramento. I, I don't see it. Yeah, he is going to be an unrestricted free agent next season. So you uh, you technically wouldn't have to give up anything to get him except for dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see why he would come to Sacramento, honestly. I agree with that. I mean, I I think that Chicago will probably do it whatever it takes to re-sign him anyway in the offseason, but who knows. Yep. All right, guys, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into your Sacramento Kings with Around the Crown. Welcome back. This is Around the Crown. We're talking all things Sacramento Kings and beyond. Join the royal family by hitting that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, you might as well smash up that like button. Calvin, Felipe's got a question for you. What level of player you think the Kings can trade for if we give a top five pick, Holmes and Davion Mitchell? I mean, a a top five pick and those two guys should be able to, to get you a really really good player in return I would think it, it depends on who's available it depends on who's available and I, I also am not so sure that the Kings are going to end up with the fifth pick or a top five pick but if if you're in there you, you should be able to get a pretty pretty good player I would think <clears throat> yeah it's it's uh it takes two to tango that's that's true for any trade you know I, I 
a lot of Kings fans like to talk about trades, right? And I like to as well. We talk about trades. We talk about the draft. And the reason that is is because we don't really have a chance in free agency. Like I was just talking about Zach Levine. Like free agents simply don't come to Sacramento. The Kings have to draft players. They have to trade for players. That has been the way that they've been able to bring talent here. Very limited talent, but that's the only way they've been able to bring talent here. Now, unless... De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis both make the all-star team next season and they are looking like the next Shaq and Kobe or some kind of futuristic tandem. I don't see many free agents uh, putting Sacramento on the top of their list. However, Sacramento has been used in the past for leverage for other teams. And we talked about it on a couple podcasts ago. This Kings team has over $20 million in cap space. So there's not a lot of other teams in the NBA that currently have that much cap space. The Kings can even clear more as well. So th there are possibilities as far as trades, um, but it, it really it comes down to who's available. If, if you were to ask me who I would like to trade those guys for, I mean, that's easy. Uh, a Bradley Beal, um, I'd be happy with a, with a Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I, you're expecting or you're trying to get an all-star in return. For yeah, that, I think for sure. I really like John Collins a lot. I don't know how, if that's realistic or not, yeah. those players. I really like John Collins a lot, but I don't think I'm giving up three, this much for John Collins. I'm yeah. probably going to try and keep Davion Mitchell. Maybe I give up the pick in Rashawn Holmes or the pick in potentially Harrison Barnes, and, and maybe I can get another young player back. Mm -hmm. um, the other but, thing is when you have that high of a draft pick, too, you, you tend – generally wait until the draft gets a lot closer if not draft day because that as that time goes on uh it changes you know what a lot of teams are trying to do some teams are trying to move up into the top five mm -hmm. uh you know other other guys become available so uh you know if if the kings were to land in that top five i don't think you would see anything happen right away we we wouldn't know whether or not they were going to make a deal involving that type of package probably until you know right up to the draft i love siakam felipe i would i would be totally happy to bring in siakam for those three assets uh but like i said it, it just comes down to the fact i, on I would definitely do that too. if he's available if he is available but i i think siakam would fit this team perfectly i really do sass yeah we're not good at, or sorry sean we're not good at shooting but uh you already knew that Sass wants to know, Calvin, why we don't try Jones as the power forward. I've talked about this for a while. I would love to put Damian Jones at the power forward. I, I think he could play and fit well next to Sabonis. Um, that's been a need for the Kings for a long time here as a, as a productive four. I know Damian Jones doesn't have the, the resume that some of these other guys do, but I, I like his defensive versatility. I like some of the things I've seen from him on offense. I'd be happy to put him in the starting five. How do you feel? Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure I like it. I, I just don't think that Damian Jones is good enough to guard or not good enough, uh, is athletic enough or quick enough, has, has good enough foot speed to guard what a lot of power forwards look like in the NBA today. And then offensively, um, you know, he's, he's going to be near the basket a lot. Mm -hmm. He's going to take area or space away from Sabonis. He's not a good enough outside shooter to kind of stick out, you know, and, and be a stretch for. Um, I think it would be good for the Kings in their interior defense for sure. And they certainly couldn't do any worse than what the power forward position has been for them all season long. But I'm, I'm not 
totally sold on that, I guess. Yeah, I I agree with you in the fact that I think Jones is a better half-court fit for this Kings roster. Um, but as far as, like, the pace and space that they really want to run, I don't know if Damian Jones is that guy. Or maybe he is that guy, but he's not that guy with Sabonis on the court. Like, I think he needs to be on the court with maybe four other guys that are running and gunning, which would put him on the bench. Uh, Metu and Lyles aren't good options. I mean, Lyles played incredible. Lyles had had a better game two games ago than Damian Jones had all season. <laughs> I think Damian Jones had a 23-point game, if I can remember correctly. Not but... 26. Well, Lyles didn't have I think it was 26. 22, I think. 22? But. Okay. <clears throat> Either way, I mean, very close. Buddha, I, I really hope Jones gets, uh, you know, another contract. That would be great. Jim says, would I you like guys... I like Damian Jones a lot. Uh, I, yeah. I do think that there's a spot for him on this team. I, I just don't really see playing him as a power forward is all. Jim said, would you guys trade it if we got the number one pick? Depends on what I'm getting back. <laughs> I mean, that, that's right. But like, but your answer wasn't no. No, it's right? not. It's never no. If Zion was number one, you're saying no, right? If Anthony Davis was the number one prospect, you're saying no. Yeah, right? I mean, I I don't think that there is one of those type of generational players in this draft. No. So I, yeah, you you would definitely listen to what's available, but it's. Gonna, I'm going to expect a lot back in return if I'm trading the number one pick, definitely. Yeah. I think we've been pretty consistent on this channel, definitely more consistent than the Kings have been, in the fact that it doesn't matter who's getting traded or what's getting traded. Nobody is off the table for us as long as you're improving the team. And I think that goes for any player on this team, and I think that goes for the number one pick as well. Yeah. If I'm Monty um, and I look at the number one pick and I'm like, okay, is this guy ready to win now? Because There's some players that I really like in this draft too, though. Yeah. I mean, if I had the number one pick, you know, that's why it would take a lot and, and I would really have to, to strongly think and consider whatever the deal was because I like Jabari Smith a lot mm-hmm. and I think he would fit in really well on this team. Uh, Chet Holmgren is another guy that that's great. You know, Bonchero. Uh, there's there's a few players here that I think could be really really good for the Kings. It's not as maybe they're not a as win now type players yep. as g- getting a you know a trade going for somebody else. But there's some guys that could really really fit nicely with this team. That's what I was gonna say too. The win now guys is if you're taking the number one guy, you're probably kicking that playoff can down the road a little bit more, which. You know, maybe Fox and Sabonis is enough to make it to the playoffs next year. Maybe it's enough to make it to the play-in next year. I'm not really sure. But, you know, players that are drafted are usually not ready to perform right away. And it's just – it's a learning curve. It, they're younger. Yeah. They're they're learning. They're developing their body. Uh, you know, it, it usually takes a couple years before you see these guys make a big leap. Yeah, it's a big step up. To get for for everything, you know, you're playing twice as many games. Um, the the competition, obviously, the speed, the strength, the size of the NBA game. It, it's a huge, huge step up for everybody. Yeah. Would you trade number one for Tyrese Halliburton? No. <laughs> <laughs> there you I go. Would. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, Alex hasn't 
excellent point here. And I actually forgot about Donovan Mitchell, but I love Donovan a lot. And I've, I've heard about this. Supposedly he's having some weird things going on with the team. Uh, his question is what does a trade look like for him? I'm done thinking we'll ever be good defensively. LOL. I'm down to just score a bunch and see what happens. Well, Donovan Mitchell is a good two-way player. I mean, he'll play defense. Yeah. So he, I, he, I love Donovan Mitchell. He locks I, up that two you spot. Know, yeah, shooting guard or power forward, I, you know, those are the two areas where the Kings could really upgrade. If you're able to get one of those top-tier players at either position, I, I it's a, there's no question. You take it, I yep. would say. Yeah, Sass is right here. Can you imagine the poor play-by-play guys? <laughs> if Donovan and Davion Mitchell Davion, were on the yeah. floor together. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, Barry I, knows that very well. Yeah. He, he struggled with it. I called Donovan Mitchell, year. Davion Mitchell, probably the first couple podcasts yeah. that we had. People were making fun of me and all that. I, I don't care. But, yeah, yeah, that would be funny. But, no, I, I would love to have Donovan Mitchell on this team. I, I'm giving Definitely. up anybody not named Fox. I mean, if it took Fox to get him, I'd probably do it. But yeah, I would consider that Ideally. If I don't give up Fox and I don't give up Sabonis, I don't care what else it takes. It's a win because yeah. those three guys together, I am 100% confident I'll put the house on making the playoffs with those three guys. Yeah, that would be a really good start. And I don't have a house <laughs> a to really, bet. really, really but, good start. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, those guys would. Yeah, you're right. Kings don't have a top five pick yet. Yeah, they just won another yeah. game. So, I mean, I, I don't really know what to say at this point for the Kings. They need – it's almost like we're at the the trade deadline again, right, where we're like, the Kings need to choose a lane. They need to figure <laughs> out what they're doing. Well, they decided they were going to compete. They're still losing games, but now they're still competing again. You know, the Kings are, are currently 24-41 and 41 on the season. They are tied with San Antonio in the wins column, but they are three games back in the loss column. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And, look, Monty McNair – whether or not you agreed with uh, the decision to trade Tyrese Halliburton, he got a deal done at the trade deadline that got that brought an all-star to this team and didn't give away any draft pick. So from that perspective, you know, maybe you have a little bit of faith in him this offseason that even if the Kings do end up winning a few of these games here at the stretch, maybe they make the play-in tournament, maybe they just miss it, and they don't end up with a top-five pick. Uh, you know, there's some at least some uh, evidence now that would suggest Monty can still make some type of impactful move given the situation. Yeah, I got more good news for you, Calvin. The Lakers are currently down 29 points right now to the Clippers. Man, talk about a team that is imploding. In the third quarter. So if they lose tonight, they will officially be 27 and 35 on the season. The Kings are still six losses ahead of or behind yeah. however you want to say it they have six more losses than the lakers yeah. and how many games do we have left now i think 17 17 games so i mean there is time uh you know hb said in his press conference yesterday that that it's you know or sorry it was sabonis yesterday that said that the ball is in their hands they play the pelicans again next week uh he knows they lost them last night but it's not over you know like it I don't know if it will be officially over until maybe a week or two before before the play-in. It, it could go down to the last game. It really could. 
But we'll see. The Kings have to we'll be more see. consistent. They have to play better. They can't continue doing this win one, lose two, lose three. Uh, they got to go on a run no, they, here. They have to get hot and win a bunch of games in a row. Yeah. There, there's no way around that. And the schedule's not getting any easier. Yeah. It's not. I think they actually have one of the toughest schedules to finish out the season and a ton it, of games on the road. It's up there. It's yeah. up there. It's, it's not one of the top, uh, like, four or five toughest, I think. But it's hard. All right. Let's see here. Sorry, I'm reading through the chat. Do you think the Kings will make 27 wins this year? We all thought it was going to be more than 36. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, I won on my Rams bets. Otherwise, I would be definitely behind there. But uh, yeah, I think they could win two more two more games. Jeff, why not? Yeah, I'm, I mean, as bad as they've looked at times this year, you would have to think that two wins is not uh, too much to ask for in 17 games. Alex said, if we can get. Donovan, without giving up Sabonis or Fox, we're going to Sizzler, and he's paying. <laughs> That's awesome. I haven't been to Sizzler in a long time. Me neither. But I heard their margaritas are great. Never had a margarita at Sizzler's. Yeah, I haven't either. I just I just heard a lot of things. If the Lakers end up losing top ten, oh, if the ugh, sorry, if the Lakers end up being top ten in draft picks, do they lose it to New Orleans? Ooh, that's oh, a good, good question. Question. I don't know what that pick was protected by. Let me let me look it up real quick. Yeah, that's a very good question. I, I don't. I want to say no, but have you saw all the all the things that are like the Lakers need to trade Anthony Davis if they don't make the playoffs this season? They need to trade him. I saw like a mock trade yeah, of people are now saying they should trade both him and LeBron. <laughs> I saw a mock trade of Anthony Davis for Jalen Brown. How do you feel about that? Uh, man, I I don't know. I'd have to think about that more. I mean, I, I love both players. I know everybody really hates Anthony Davis right now because he can't stay healthy, but so the, the guy is one of the best the, players in the league. The Lakers pick that they sent to the Pelicans – was top eight protected last year, and it becomes unprotected in 2022. Oh, man, Charlie, that's a tough one. They conveyed the pick last year, right? I think they did. I, that's what I thought. So they I, can't I trade consecutive picks. So yeah. I think the Lakers have their own pick this season, and then it's unprotected pick swap in 2023, an unprotected first in 2024, and an unprotected pick swap in 2025. So I, I believe that the Lakers do have their draft pick this year. And, you know, with the Lakers' luck, it's probably going to be the number two overall pick because they just seem to always get the number two overall pick when they miss the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Them or Cleveland. I just, like, can't count how many Charlie guys. Charlie says, would you trade a top five pick for Tyler Hero? Hmm. How, how is Tyler doing? I know he started oh, off really hot. Oh, he's stayed hot the whole year. I think he's still averaging right around 21 points a game off the bench. He's going to be the unanimous sixth man. He, he's had a fantastic season. I would trade the top – if I had a top five pick. Now, this is not top three. This is not number one. But if I had top five, meaning four or five, I would trade that pick for any guy that I think is young on a good contract – has a lot of potential and is a starting level shooting guard or power forward that fits a need for Sacramento. 
and Tyler Hero falls right in that spot. Yeah, so I, I would put him next to De'Aaron Fox. I think that yeah. would that would work very well. So he's averaging 20 points a game this season on 43% from the field, 38% from three-point range, and he's got some swagger too. I, I like Tyler Hero a lot, and yep. uh, I would definitely – I would definitely rock one of those jerseys too. I actually tried to get a Tyler Hero Miami jersey last year, but they were sold out. You know those like neon ones? Yeah, the those city were, edition. Those were pretty yeah. dope. Yeah, those are awesome. pretty dope. Did you did you end up watching that Phoenix Jones video yesterday? No, I did not. Vinny, did you watch it? <laughs> no. You guys, you guys, did any of any you guys, guys watch Phoenix yeah. Jones? I just we talk very, about heroes. I need somebody to to talk about Phoenix yeah. Jones with. So. We started talking about heroes, so I'm thinking of superheroes. If you guys have not heard Phoenix Jones, go look him up on YouTube. He is crazy, man. The only real superhero. I guess there's like 300 superheroes in the United States walking around with costumes on. and But he's the real <laughs> legit one, like ex-MMA fighter. He's the real legit He one. fights crime in Seattle. So don't commit a crime in Seattle or you're going to pay the price. Come on, stick a fork in it. It's done. Pray for top three pick. It's going to require a bunch of praying. Uh, I'll tell you that. Yeah. See, the problem The problem with that is there's a draft lottery, right? So even if you have the worst record in the NBA, if you have the absolute worst record in the entire league, which at this point is what? You have Orlando and Houston are both tied at 15 wins. Because they changed the rules around, you still are more likely to get the fourth pick than you are to get one, two, or three. So yeah. if you're Sacramento and you have, let's say, the fifth worst record in the league, you're more likely to stay in that or get leapfrogged by somebody else and end up at like seven, eight, nine than you are to move up to one, two, or three. So the Kings need to get lucky here. And uh, I, I don't know. They need to. They need to do something. Yeah, I mean, so much of that is out of their control, right? Uh, you know, it's where the the ping pong balls fall, and and you still have 17 games left to determine what the the final odds and record will be. So we're just gonna have to wait to see how the Kings finish out the year. And Charlie, I like Jaden Ivy a lot too. I, you know, I don't know. I mean. The Kings are so bad defensively, and, and he would really help that right away. I think he's a better defender right now than Tyler Hero is, but Tyler Hero is a much more polished offensive player, much better shooter. So uh, that's that's a tough call. I, I like both of those guys. I think the Kings – I would rather see the Kings make a move that got a proven player. Yeah. If they're unable to get a deal done and they end up with one of these high draft picks and you land a guy like Jaden Ivey or Paulo Banchero or any of those the top mm -hmm. you know five or six players considered in this draft, I'll still be okay with that because I think there are some some good players that they could use. But I, I would at this point rather see the Kings try to accelerate the uh, their winning uh, yeah. you know ability right now by going out and, and acquiring a win ready player. And and not only that, but they need a guy that can get his own shot. Like that's something Tyler Hero can definitely do. You know, you see this Kings team go through like like look at last night's game. They they go through these spurts where they just can't get a bucket. And you look at this roster, yeah, there's a lot of talent on this roster, but how many of these guys can actually go out and get a bucket, right? Like how many guys on this Kings team can you really say, "All right, 
We've missed the last 10 shots in a row. We need a bucket on this play. We're giving it to this guy. There's not a lot of guys on this team that can actually do that. And I feel like Tyler Hero is a guy that can do that. So I'm all in for him. Maybe I'm a little yeah. biased, but I, I like Tyler Hero. I, I like guys that, uh, you know, they can get their own shot and make space for themselves. And that's what this Kings team needs if they're going to make take another step to make the playoffs. Defense is great. Rebounding's great. All those things are great. But I think you're going to have a bigger impact on this team bringing in a guy that can get his own shot and get something than a guy that can lock one person down on defense because we've seen the Kings lock down one guy and then the other five guys get double doubles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, better call Saul. There you go. Yeah, we need to freeze the ping pong balls, I think. I think that's the way to do it, right, Calvin? So they are, I don't know what that means. Like the frozen envelope. Oh, okay. You know? We need it. the frozen ping pong balls. Or we got to get Dan Gilbert's son or something to help us out because that dude, <laughs> that dude's yeah, like undefeated in the draft sure. lottery. It's crazy. It's crazy. I wonder, I want to know from you guys, who do you think the Kings are sending to the draft lottery this year? Wasn't it was it Halliburton last season? I'm pretty sure it was him. Maybe. And then uh Vivek's daughter went. Yeah. Uh would they have like a GM go before? I don't know. But we need to get some luck here. We really need some luck. Or we need to make the plan. Playoffs. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, Calvin, we ready to move on here? Yeah, I think we're ready. You're done talking about playoffs? I can't, I can't talk about playoffs just yet. I can barely talk about the playing game. <laughs> All right, guys, it's break time again. But when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Kings' next week of basketball with Kings Crusade. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings continue their crusade to possibly make it to the play-in or back to the playoffs. Next up is the Dallas Mavericks. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you hit that like button down below and please consider subscribing to the channel. Calvin, we get to see our favorite player, Luka Doncic, in the next game. I know it's still a sore subject for a lot of Kings fans, but I've moved on. How about you? <laughs> Have you? I don't know. I don't know if any Kings fan has moved on. Somebody just said, uh, who was it? Oh, yeah, Jeff. Jeff the lefty. Ping pong balls fell right in the Luka draft. Yeah, they did. Perfect segue. Here they we did. go again. We're playing Luka Doncic. The guy, that guy's incredible. So like, here, I didn't even realize the type of numbers he was putting up this season. Here's you, my question you for you. Stats and you're like, what the if the Kings had won, thirty point triple double, won night? the lottery outright, and they got the number one pick, are they still taking Bagley number one? Because I honestly thought the Suns were going to take Doncic. They hired his coach. I thought they were going to draft him number one overall. So if you're Sacramento and you do get the number one pick, you think they're still taking Bagley? I, I don't know. It, it, I'm sure it would have changed their thought process but I, I don't know who they would have taken okay good to know all right let's <laughs> jump here in your uh, keys to the game i'm not sure what you want from me at that point. i mean I, I don't know uh so my keys to the game here number one is going to be outside shooting 
you know, the Kings, obviously, they're much, much better. <laughs> Ramon, dude, let's send the puke guy to the draft lottery. Go. Yes. Puke guy draft lottery. I would love it. If we don't get the first, second, or third pick, puke all over the table. Exactly. He'll just puke on them, whoever yeah. gets the first pick. Uh, key number one is outside shooting. And the Kings obviously do a much better job uh, or, or are much uh, more competitive when they're hitting their outside shots. Dallas is a sneaky good defensive team. They're number two in the NBA in opponents scoring at 103 points per game. They're fourth in the NBA in opponents' three-point percentage and third fewest three-point attempts allowed per game. Number two is going to be win the turnover battle. Again, it's another common story with the Kings. How do they take care of the? How well do they take care of the ball? If they are, you know, under 14 turnovers, that they're usually pretty good or, or have a, a much better chance of winning. And uh, Dallas is third in the NBA in turnovers at just under 12 per game. The Kings are 20th in the NBA at almost 14 a game. And then number three is going to be fast break points and transition offense. We saw it today with the Kings; they were able to get out. Uh, and start the break early on because they were getting defensive stops, getting rebounds, forcing turnovers. Uh, their offense is tailor-made to play fast, but mm -hmm. one of the, the best ways to start that or to, to get opportunities to play fast is to play defense and get stops. So that that is obviously goes hand-in-hand. Yeah, the Mavericks defeat the Golden State Warriors tonight, 122-113. They're playing big basketball, Calvin. Luka Doncic, 41 points tonight, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. We saw them ship away uh, the zinger during uh, the, the um, NBA trade deadline. They brought back Spencer Dinwiddie, 17 points for him tonight. The Mavericks are a little bit better than the Kings. They're currently in fifth place in the Western Conference. <laughs> They're 13 games above 500. And I was looking here at the standings, Calvin. It's pretty interesting. This is the first time in a while that I've seen that the top eight teams in both conferences are all over 500. That's weird, right? Like, normally you'd think to be a playoff team, you need to be above 500. Yeah. But with the play-in, potentially New Orleans – Potentially the Lakers, potentially the Kings could make the playoffs. Yep, ten plus games below well, five hundred. We've seen, you know, in in recent years, a bunch of teams in the Eastern Conference, those seven and eight seeds, make the playoffs with sub five hundred records. But the yep. East is so much better this year. So, and you remember the We Believe Warriors team that oh, upset yeah. the Mavericks yep. in the first round, eight eight seed. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the Porzingis deal? You, you like that for the Mavericks? You think they're a better team with Spencer Dinwiddie? I know he hasn't been healthy. I, I'm talking about Porzingis. Hasn't been healthy, especially in the playoffs Spencer for them. Spencer Dinwiddie hasn't been healthy a lot either. Yeah. How do you feel like this trade affects this Dallas team through the rest of the season? Um, I, well, I, I think it's, there, it's still to be determined. Um, Dallas has kind of surprised me this year. You know, I, I expected them to be a playoff team, but I didn't expect them to be this good defensively uh and i i think the move is good for them overall I, I don't know about spencer dinwiddie with them long term um but i i think that porzingis and Doncic together it looked great on paper but it it just wasn't working that the way that the way that they envisioned it so i i think it was a 
good decision for the Mavericks to move on from him. Yeah, I really like Porzingis a lot, but yeah. I'm not picking the them best, to come out of the West. The best but. ability is availability, and the Kings actually had a chance to trade De'Aaron Fox. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. For Porzingis, and then we would have drafted Doncic, and we would have tried the Doncic-Porzingis combo, which I really liked, but it didn't work out for the Dallas Mavericks. Looking here at the next few games for Sacramento, they take on the Mavericks, as we mentioned, on Saturday. Then on Monday, they are back home against the Knicks. Wednesday, against the Nuggets. Then you head to Utah to face the Jazz. Back home against the Bulls. Then you have the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Suns all at home as well. That's going to be a fun stretch. That is a ton of tough, tough games. I mean, you, you look here. Mavericks, good team. Knicks, they've been underperforming this this year, but they're a better team than Sacramento. The Nuggets, you know, the Kings just lost to them. Uh, then you got the Jazz. I know there's a lot of stuff going on with uh, Gobert and, and Mitchell. Even Boston, who Still got off a to a really team. slow start this yep. year. They've been killing it lately. Jason and, Tatum and, well, Jalen Brown is hurt now, but Jason Tatum's been on fire. Uh, they've played so much better since the All-Star break. Then you got the Chicago Bulls that – just about a week ago, they were on the top of the East. Then you have the reigning champs, the Bucks, then the Celtics, the Suns, who were in the finals last year. Yep. Oh, man, it is a very, very tough stretch of games. Man. Jonathan, the hecklers behind Katie tonight made me laugh when they said, we want Tyrese and we miss Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. I was watching TV. Yeah. I was like, we want Tyrese back. I'm like, you're not in Sacramento. What What's going on here? But uh, it was interesting. There were quite a lot of Kings fans in the stands tonight in San Antonio. I was surprised. Yeah, it, there's Kings fans all over the place, I guess. Nobody likes to drink alone, right? Jay Drew says, breaking Woj reports Nick Stauskas signs oh, yeah, two-year deal to, I was gonna bring with this the up Celtics. Today. Yeah, so apparently he scored 100 points in two straight G League games. Had 57 one night and 43 the other night. Okay, oh, can, okay. I thought you were like 100 in both, like in each no, no, game. No, no, combined, like, combined. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure Vivek will be happy to see him because I, yeah. I still remember him at the draft uh, table. Stauskas, Stauskas, Stauskas. Well, th I don't know if he'll still be with the Celtics by the time the, the Kings play Two-year deal, he says. Oh, it's a two-year? I thought it was a 10-day deal, 10-day contract. I don't know. I don't know. But that would be exciting. I mean, I, I always root for guys, just not when they're playing against Sacramento, unless we're trying to go for the pick. And I don't even know what I'm rooting for at this point. But the Kings win tonight. That's the most important thing. Uh, all right, Calvin, we ready to wrap up the show here? You got anything else you want to talk about? Kings win. I think we can celebrate and – Call it a day, right? <laughs> until uh, until the next game. 
Yeah, Felipe says, yes, it is a two-year deal. So hopefully we will get to see wow. him in person on the 18th when we are in Sacramento. And hopefully we will see you all there as well. Thank you guys for watching another Royal Rebounds podcast. Make sure you check us out tomorrow for another episode of the Royal Report where we break down an entire week of King's action in about 30 minutes. And then we will be here. We will give you another shoulder to cry on on Saturday after the next game. And uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Have a wonderful evening. And in the meantime, go Kings.